You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. It's been a couple weeks since we did one of these. And this week, our main event is, of course, the Congress for the New Urbanism in Detroit. And Chuck is heading there along with our colleague, Michelle. Uh, Chuck, are you excited? Yeah, I'm thrilled. I-, I can't wait. You know, this is so much fun every year. And this is going to be no exception. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. And I'm going to be doing some fantastic podcast interviews and we've got some really cool events planned and we're doing the next gen debate and yeah I'm, i might even find time to go to a session so <laughs> <laughs> maybe one maybe yeah one. let me uh let me run through the events we have planned so far obviously there are all the conference events um but as far as strong towns goes um most of these are free for anybody to attend. You don't have to be going to CNU to come to these. So if you happen to be in Detroit, uh, please join us. Uh, we have a member meetup this third or this Wednesday at 9 PM. Um, that's open to anybody. We're going to be doing a ton of podcast interviews. Um, a good schedule of those, um, we're interviewing Hazel Boris, um, John Anderson, Jeanette Sadiq Khan, Joe Minicosi, Lynn Richards, Davida Davison, um, a really cool list of people. And we'll also have an open session on Friday where you can come and ask Chuck and Michelle whatever you want. Um, so that ask should be us, fun. Ask me anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then on Friday, the next gen debate. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I have not seen the. Oh yeah. Before. No. What no, are the let topics? Me, let me do that. Um, just one quick thing on the podcast too. We're actually going to be set up in the. Um, in the uh, lobby of the Detroit Opera House. So the Opera House is where a lot of the CNU events are, and we're just going to be sitting there in the lobby, actually. And, um, you know, a- anybody can swing by. We will, you know, we'll, we'll be there where everybody can see us and kind of be in the middle of things and, and have just like a continuous flow of podcasts. We're not going to release last year. We released all of them right away. So I did okay. 23 podcasts in like two <laughs> yeah, days toned down that list a little bit. Yeah. We will be helpful we, for everyone. Yeah. We backed off a little bit on that, which is really going to be good. Um, but we are going to publish a few of them next week after we do them. And then uh, the rest of them will roll out here over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, so if you're in in the area, you can stop by and listen to those be recorded. And maybe at the end, is there going to be a chance for the audience to ask questions of these people too? You know, I don't if, know. I, I guess feasible. we could maybe do that. I, we'll see. Okay. You know, it it depends on the person, and I think it depends on the topic. Yeah, um, and the time. So yeah, I, I I won't promise that, but we'll release every day. I I think beforehand we're gonna get. I think we're pretty close to being done with the podcast schedule. So we're, we're going to get that up on the website. And then every morning we'll also have a, a kind of a here's what's going on today kind of thing mm-hmm. with times and, and all that. So, so the debate. Yeah. Uh, way back in Salt Lake City. Uh, okay. Let me go back even further. But before Salt Lake City, they had this, uh, 
had this night where I, 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 I won't say it wasn't cool. It was, it was kind of cool, but I thought, oh, this could be so much cooler. <laughs> mm. And I'm, I'm this person who really enjoys debating. Um, like I was on the debate team in seventh and eighth grade and my, my parents actually made me quit for a whole variety of reasons, but I, I loved it. It was like one of my favorite things that I ever did. And I thought I would really like, because there's so many smart people here, I would really like a good debate. And I actually wanted to be a debater. Like I wanted to be part of the, the deal. And I thought, well, let's start a, let, let's start a debate and um, let's make it a lot of fun so that people will want to do it. And then someone else will take this over and I can, I can be a debater <laughs> in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we came with this idea and it was myself and, and Justin uh, Bursley who used to, was like the, the early sidekick, helped me out, kind of volunteered. He, he, him and I worked together here and he would volunteer for Strong Towns. Um, we came up with this idea of mashing up an, uh, an Oxford debate uh, with um, the, kind of, the, the, the kind of debate that you hear on NPR um, with uh, American Idol. And so the idea was we would have people come up and make like a six-minute opening argument. We would have two teams with two people each, so 24 minutes. Each, each person would get a six-minute you know, argument back and forth. And then uh, after each presentation, we would have this group of snarky judges who would critique their, their presentation. Um, and then uh, we'd have a Q&A in the middle, and then we'd have uh, a final round where people would give a three-minute rebuttal. And we'd have audience vote at the beginning and the end. Between things, we'd have music and you know, lights and just kind of make it into a big production. And I, I thought, mm-hmm. well, well, let's try this. And the first year we did it, we actually pulled it off and it went really well. It was, it was, it was a ton of fun and everybody had a blast. Um, the next year they did something else and I, I can't remember what that was, but it, it was a, a little less than climactic. Um, but last year we brought it back and we had a huge room we had really good debaters. We had great topics and our judges were all back and we just had a lot of fun. Um, they asked us to do it again this year. And so, uh, John Anderson, uh, Hazel Boris and Howard Blackson are our three judges. Mm-hmm. They are together, very different people and they are a riot. Uh, they have a lot of fun ripping into everybody and, and kind of critiquing them and, and, and everything. Um, we're going to have audience voting, and then we've got two topics. Topic number one is uh, going to be this. Uh, the proposition is gentrification is America's most urgent urban social justice issue. And we're going to have two people arguing that it is, and we're going to have two people arguing the opposite. The second, then, is the proposition that the autonomous car is going to revolutionize cities in a positive way. Again, two people arguing for that and two people arguing against. Uh, we're going to announce, we're still looking for one person to argue in favor of the gentrification issue. Uh, I've got a line on a couple people who might, but, but I want to firm up that one. But everyone else is firmed up and we should be able to publish that here in the next couple of days too. This starts at 8.30. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it is, but we'll put that on the website too. But this is going to be fun. It's at the fun. Detroit Beer Co. Yeah. So come and grab a drink and uh, listen to some, you know, and 
intellectually, these are real debates. I mean, th these are not dumb people. I mean, these are some really bright people who are arguing, you know, thoughtful, intelligent points, but we just surround it with frivolity because it's Friday night and everyone's there to have fun. Mm -hmm. So come and jeer and cheer and vote and, mm -hmm. you know, be part of the, be part of the experience. In addition to all of that going on on the ground, um, we also have a series of stories going up on our website that are tie-ins to the location for this CNU, which is Detroit. Um, so I had the chance to talk to several people, um, some Strong Towns members who live in Detroit and kind of hear their perspective on what's going on, see how they're helping to make Detroit a stronger town. So um, I'm excited about those. One of them is already up today. So definitely check those out. Um, you can find all of that at strongtowns.org slash CNU. The, the woman you interviewed for today, Davida? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, story. Oh, yeah. No, she's incredible. And I'm, I'm going to do a podcast with her on Thursday morning, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I am excited for that. Um, she seems just like an amazing person. Yeah. Plus she's a, a very good speaker because she said her whole family is Baptist preachers. So really <laughs> she's got that background. Oh, wow. Mm. Now I'm super excited. Yeah. Um, so definitely check out all those stories. Chuck, I want to ask you, why do you think people should pay attention this week and listen to or read what's happening at CNU if they're not going to CNU? Why should they care about it? Um, well, I think there's a couple of things. First, CNU is just a, a collection of some of the most brilliant minds in the country. And really, in terms of pushing the boundaries on ev everything that uh, needs to be pushed on, th there are people at CNU doing that. Um, I, I, when I went to my first CNU, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of had measured it against the APA, which the American Planning Association conference is your typical conference where it's a bunch of sessions and you sit and listen to people and you get your continuing ed credits and then you, you move on. And in comparison, uh, the CNU is like an ongoing battle. It's like a, it's like a battle royal. It's a rumble. I mean, there, there's more stuff that happens in the hallways and people debating things and, and sticking their nose into other people's business and it's just intellectually this very explosive kind of place. And so I, I think if you can't make it, we're going to try to capture a little bit of that vibe and, and you know, pump some of those ideas out to people. Uh, the, the second thing and, and the second reason, and I, I think, you know, maybe in particular with our site and the stuff that we're going to do, we have some of the headline people that are going to be there. I mean, Lynn Richards, the executive director, will be interviewed again on our podcast, which is, we've done that three years in a row now. It's, it's been really great. Uh, Jeanette Sadek Khan, who is, I think, probably the rock star at this CNU, mm -hmm. we're able to bring her in and have her on a podcast. So you're going to get some headline names. But we also try as much as possible to kind of scratch under that headline uh veneer and get into the nitty gritty and interview some people and provide some content, uh, stuff that you would get at CNU. I mean, the, these are part of kind of the heart and soul of what the Congress for the new urbanism is, is, but not necessarily get in the, the top press release. 
So we're going to try to expose some of that, pump that out to people and give people a real feel of, of here's some cutting edge people doing cutting edge stuff. Speaking for myself in the last couple of years, when I've had a chance to listen to the podcasts and admittedly didn't get a chance to probably listen to every single one, but I definitely always made sure to tune into the CNU podcast. And for me, as somebody who's never been able to attend, uh, it's a cool way to like kind of step in and, and meet some of those people, um, virtually that I would have been able to meet if I was um, attending the event. So yeah, I like that aspect our, of it. That's our hope. Yeah. Um, so we already talked about how we're kind of toning down the uh, volume of podcasts. Are there any other ways that you see this CNU being different from previous years? I, I think that the location is probably the biggest difference. And, and Andres Duane said this last week when I interviewed him, he said, you know, we're, we're in West Palm beach and West Palm beach is a, is a nice city, but it's a city of the 20th century. Detroit is really in many ways a city of the 21st century. And I could not agree with him more. I, I think, you know, we've made the argument here over the years that Detroit is not a canary in the coal mine. It is the logical destination for almost every city in North America. They began the, the growth Ponzi scheme before everybody else. They did it more aggressively than everyone else. And they arrived at the destination ahead of everybody else. There's so much to learn from Detroit. There's so much knowledge to be gained. Uh, there's so many great people to meet. And, and really, you know, Andre Stwani made the point, and I, I couldn't agree more. He said, we're going to Detroit to learn. Mm-hmm. We're going to Detroit to learn. And I, I think more so than West Palm Beach, uh, more so than Dallas, uh, Buffalo and Detroit are places to go and, and learn. You know, Buffalo was two years ago. Uh, Detroit this year, uh, I, I'm just excited to soak in as much of the kind of local knowledge on how to make things work in a difficult time um, that I can. I, I, I really feel like that is the opportunity here that we have to capture. I would like to take a moment to welcome our newest members to Strong Towns, Max Cooper from Philadelphia, Russell Fox from Wichita, Kansas, Terry Bagwell from California, Maryland, uh, Stephen Hirsch from Manassas, Virginia, Elizabeth Shaper from San Diego, California, uh, Millie Tagle, and AJ Faber. So thanks, everyone, for becoming members of Strong Towns, and we really appreciate your support of this movement. Thank you so much. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a member drive, our summer member drive coming up in a couple weeks. And oh, Chuck, did you want to tell them that? No, well, they're going to tune us out that week. Like no, we no, PBS no. And it's I was going to say, <laughs> if you're on the fence about becoming a member, become a member before the member drive, because during the member drive, we do a lot of really fun, cool things with our members. That is um, true. We're trying to bring people in and, and bring them in to become members. But during the member drive, we, you know, mobilize a, a whole cadre of members to do really fun stuff during that week. So if you're on the fence and just like waiting for the member drive to come to get off the fence and become a member, do it like now, do it this week or next week uh, ahead of the member drive. So you become a member, but then also get in on the, the fun that we do internally. Yeah. And one uh, small member perk that's coming up is uh, when we release our new thoughts on building strong towns book volume two, we always give our members a free ebook version of that. So um, I'm really excited for that book release. Um, yeah, I am just too. A few weeks. 
And I know it's sitting on my desk waiting to, uh, <laughs> among the other things that I'm supposed to be doing. Well, you've been uh, uh, pretty busy these days, right? Yeah, I have. And whatnot. <laughs> uh, I got in a, I, I was kind of worried when I started talking here because, um, you can't tell over the, over the, the airwaves, but my lip is just swelled up and fat. I'm actually a little nervous about looking funny, um, in Detroit. Uh, I got in a fight with a tree this weekend. Um, Uh, yeah, we're still, I'm still cleaning up. In fact, I finished this weekend. Finally, uh, all the downed stuff from the big storm. Oh, congrats. Yeah, no, it feels really good. Cause now I'm going to get the, the yard replanted and, um, my place will actually start to look like a, not a war zone anymore. Um, but I'm driving this big like skid steer, uh, with this grappling hook on front and it, you know, it's a, it's like a, a mini bulldozer, you know? So I'm feeling kind of manly. I'm out there doing this. I, I accidentally backed into a tree that was down and it came through the back window and hit me in the back of the head, which was annoying. Ah. Um, but it, it screwed up the, the skid steer so I couldn't move it. And I, I went out and I was trying to cut this tree out and I cut this one four inch diameter, uh, branch and it snapped back and oh, no. hit me in the mouth and like split my top and bottom lip and swelled way up. And it just looks, you know, it looked, it looked horrible on Saturday. It looked a little bit better Sunday. And today it just is, looks, you know, like I split my lip, but the swelling is eh, probably 90% down mm. from where it was. Okay, yeah. Well. So if you run into me in uh, Detroit, uh, I didn't get in a fight with anyone. I, I got in a fight with a tree and I, I lost. Uh, Chuck, have you done any interesting reading or podcast listening lately? Uh, well, this weekend I got to finish, um, this audiobook that I've been working on for a while is the making of the atomic bomb. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I actually, it's by Richard Rhodes. I actually should write a series of, of posts on this cause it, it was one of the most amazing books and it, it was, it was amazing in really three different ways. The, the beginning was amazing because you, as they're, essentially in a physics world coming up with the knowledge to build the atomic bomb, you get a sense of how collaborative science is and how science, like one discovery depends on another discovery depends on another. And there are all these people working on different things and someone just randomly will, will figure something out and then it gets shared with other people. And the, 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 the advancements would come from, Places you would think like the great physicists, but then they would also come from these obscure places like a, some chemist who figured out how to isolate, you know, one isotope from another and, you know, not, not part of the, the conversation, but they just did it. And then that knowledge got out and, and, you know, other people would copy it and build off of it. You really get this healthy respect for how collaborative and science is and how important that collaboration is. During the, the middle then, you get a real um, kind of healthy sense of why maybe baby boomers have uh, preferred or, or, or idealized these top-down systems because you went from a, a concept to a bomb in three years in the Manhattan Project. And the amount of money spent and the logistics and the coordination 
And, you know, all, all the stuff that was required to, to build this bomb in the context of, you know, the same kind of thing going on to win the war makes you just get a very healthy respect for what people can do in a short period of time with a lot of money and a lot of focus. Um, you know, they would, they would come across these problems and they're like, okay, well, we got to solve this. How are we going to do it? Well, it's going to cost another $200 million. We're going to have to build this four story shed to, you know, house this one little crazy thing that would do this obscure, you know, part of this process and be like, okay, let's do it. And, you know, they mobilized thousands of people to get to work to do this. It was really impressive. The, the third part then, you get a, the very humbling, uh, kind of gut-wrenching notion uh, of just what the horror of war is like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the atomic bomb obviously is, is a horror of horrors, but you, you, they did a really good job in the book kind of contrasting that with the, the or comparing that to the firebombing that was going on before this, which itself was, it was an insanity that, you know, anyone who comprehends it in any way should become a, a pacifist overnight. I mean, the, these are, just horrific, horrific things. And you, you, you see these scientists who, you know, believed in many ways, you know, as did Nobel who came up with dynamite that, you know, these horrific weapons would end war as we know it, mm-hmm. because the weapons are just so horrible that, that, and the stakes of war are so high that no one would ever do it. And uh, of course, you know, that, that has not been the result. Uh, we, you know, we haven't had, a war the scope of World War II since, um, you know, you've got Nassim Taleb who argues that that is a, a temporary phenomena. You have other people who argue that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a new reality. Regardless, you, you get a real sense of the scientists kind of, you know, what have we done? Uh, you know, we, we, we wanted to do something good. We wanted to unleash this clean power source that could, you know, change humanity. And, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the path to doing that, we released the most horrific kind of uh, destructive force ever known, um, is a very humbling kind of ending to the book. I, I would recommend it to anyone. It was one of the best books I've read this year. And I'm sure at the end of the year, we'll, we'll be in my top five list. That is high praise considering how many books you read every year, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was very good. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure why I started that book. Someone, I, I, I came across it somewhere and it had been recommended to me, but it was an audio book. It was 37 hours. So wow. this is, this is not a small, I mean, I think the longest one I ever did was the complete Sherlock Holmes series, which was like 40 hours. So this was right up there. Um, but I mean, it was so well written and so well put together and it was just, it, it was very worth it. Cool. I'll mention a podcast that I've been listening to lately, um, which is an NPR, a new NPR podcast called Embedded, where they take a story from the news and like go to the place where it's happening and just like spend, well, they condense it into about a half hour episode, but they like go super in depth and talk to people in the situation. So they've covered a lot of really interesting issues like this, like HIV outbreak in a, a town in Indiana. They covered like the drug wars in Mexico. Um, just a lot of very interesting news stories. Oh, uh, one that I've really found interesting recently was about the D league of 
the NBA, or I don't know if it's part of the NBA, but like all the guys who don't quite make it to the NBA uh, yeah. during the picks, there's yeah. like this other league that they go to. So they, they kind of follow the guys. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I had no idea about that. I'm honestly don't care about basketball that much, but this, this story was fascinating. So huh. that's called Im- Embedded. Embedded. I'm on the website right now. It looks absolutely fascinating. I'll have to check it out. Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps us up for this week. And I know you've got stuff to prepare for CNU, I'm sure. Um, but we'll have several more podcasts coming out throughout the week that are uh, people from CNU. So look forward to that. And yeah, buckle up. It's going to be a busy podcast week. Yeah, definitely. And I'm on all summer right. hours now, so I have to run and go pick up my kids. They're at piano lessons. and uh, Are they done with school already? They're done with school. They finished up last week. Yeah. Awesome. Um, we've got now three months of me. I, 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 I'm usually with them two or three days a week during the summer. And so a lot of working late at night <laughs> yeah. and, you know, trying to make things work during the day, but it's, it's well worth it. It's great. Um, Chloe has a calendar in her room that one of those where you fill it, you know, you write in the, it's uh, erasable and then you write in the dates and stuff. Mm-hmm. And last night she figured out there was 98 days until school starts again. And she wrote, she wrote a countdown. The only person counting down to school starting back. Again. This, this is That's a kid hilarious. who loves school. Yeah. She, um, just can't get enough of it and actually cried, like felt really bad when school got over. So, <laughs> but you do some school like activities with your daughters during the summer, don't you? Yeah. Well, we have, we have writer's workshop. We do which is once a week we take two or three hours and they work on a short story, which we didn't quite finish it last summer. So I think they'll probably pick up where they left off, but there's, you know, they've got a year better. So they'll probably hate their work from last summer, but Hmm. we'll see. Um, We also do these things, this thing we call science Friday, where I try to come up with some like science experiment we go do. And then the cool thing this summer is that Chloe, my oldest is old enough to be in orchestra and band next year. And she plays piano, uh, but she also um, is going to now play violin in the fall and percussion. And I am a percussionist. So, yeah. So she's going to get percussion lessons all summer, which is going to be really cool. I'm I'm actually probably more excited about that than anything. (laughs) That sounds great. Well, then, yeah. Then tonight we've got the softball opener. So Stella has a doubleheader and Chloe has a a game. So this can be... A fun, a fun summer. And you're the coach, right? I'm the coach on Stella's team, the younger one. Yeah. Okay. The, the older one is funny because she had to go into the draft. And, um, what? They yeah, do that they, for kids? That's yeah, they have a draft. I mean, it's, it's, it, it is less, it's not like a combine where they make them, you know, scale walls and stuff. It's, it's to try to make the teams a little even. Um, she got drafted by a team coached by my first cousin. So, <laughs> so, uh, I've been getting to hang out with my cousin and, and watch her um, coach my daughter, which has been a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, have a great week, everyone, and uh, make sure to tune into all the CNU action. All right. Take care. Take care. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.